0: should be over the things that happened to me i'm to blame it has to be my fault why else would it have happened these are just a few of the statements many clients have said to author and mental health professional kelly james over the years kelly james the host of why aren't you over this by now kept searching for something that would help her feel better after things that happened in her personal life Finally, she found a way to heal her past in order to love her future and is here to share her discoveries and help the lives of others. So please welcome the host of Aren't You Over This By Now, Kelly James.
3: Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I had a client I'd been working with using EMDR therapy for a little bit. And one session, the client came in and told me that they'd been thinking about suicide and had been thinking about suicide for over 20 years and had actually had two failed attempts. So obviously, we needed to work on that with EMDR. And the client told me he didn't want to talk about any of the things he was feeling because he was too embarrassed and ashamed of having those thoughts. So we made the agreement that he didn't have to say anything out loud as long as the imagery in his brain was changing when I asked, what are you noticing now? And the reason for that is so that he didn't get stuck in a memory. So we used EMDR therapy to begin to work through those thoughts in his mind. And he came to a place where he stated, it's all black and I'm afraid. This client was right in the middle Of black fear he felt encased in fear I told the client to breathe and take one step into the blackness and stop and he stated no no I can't I can't I'm too afraid I'm too afraid and I just repeated calmly take one step into the blackness and stop after a few times of him resisting the client finally agreed to imagine stepping into the blackness Then I said, take one step and stop. And he did. And then take one step and stop. I kept saying this for a couple of minutes. And finally, the client said, there's nothing here. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's light again. I'm in the light. There's nothing there. There's nothing there anymore. The darkness is gone. I was afraid of nothing. Because fear is a deceiver. And with EMDR, this client was able to realize that fear wasn't real. So again, welcome to the show. And wanted to share again a little bit about me and my guest, Susan Bachman. We're both licensed professional counselors. We've been working in trauma for years. I'm a certified clinical mm-hmm. trauma professional, a registered play therapist. Susan is also a registered play therapist. So Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So glad you're here. And Susan is EMDR certified. I am EMDR trained. So there is a difference. Do you want to share briefly what the difference is in that, Susan? Certification in the EMDR has some additional requirements after the
4: basic training, and that includes um, additional hours of training and additional hours of supervision, uh, so it's it's more experience and more
3: training. Okay. So Susan and I have written a book. Why aren't you over this by now? And so we want to give away five books to the first um, five people who email us at why aren't you over this by now at gmail.com, or you can get the book at why aren't you over this by now dot org. And so today, Susan and I are going to talk about EMDR. Both of us really like EMDR. So EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing, if you weren't familiar with that. And there's a story about the developer of this, and I want Susan to share that story. EMDR, and
4: actually Francine Shapiro is the psychologist who developed it, and has said she's kind of sorry she gave it such a technical name, Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. That name doesn't make sense really until you've experienced what it is. But she developed it because one day she was out for a walk thinking about something distressing. She said later she was thinking about a cancer diagnosis. I don't know whether it was her own or someone else's diagnosis but her eyes started to move back and forth. It was kind of a spontaneous thing and she noticed that she felt better. So she became curious and she started asking some other people if they'd ever had anything like that happen to them. Some of them said yes. So she started experimenting and developing and worked originally with combat veteran, veterans from Vietnam. And that was the beginning of EMDR. Uh, I I consider it a gift. When something comes to us spontaneously like that, I I always think it's a gift. That's not unlike the start of the AA program, the 12-step program. started when Bill Wilson had a vision. EMDR started when Francine Shapiro's eyes started to spontaneously move back and forth.
3: Yeah, and so it started out as the best treatment for PTSD and has moved into treatment for a variety of things. One of the things in EMDR literature, it talks about big T trauma and small T trauma. And big T trauma are those things that we all experience, and small T trauma are those things that are more individual. And Susan, what do you use EMDR for? Besides trauma? I use it.
4: Besides trauma, I use it for chronic pain. It's it's effective mm-hmm. in relieving chronic pain. I use it for relieving anxiety and depression. It uh, can be used for performance enhancement for people who yes. are anxious about something coming up that sure. they aren't sure how they'll be able to handle.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used it for a number of um, athletes for performance enhancement, um, and it's worked out really well, And because you're visualizing a future template. In EMDR, it's called a future template, so you imagine what the future is that you want, because your brain doesn't know the difference between an actual event or one you vividly create, so it doesn't know the difference. So when you vividly create an image of what you want the future to be, your brain has made a roadmap and moving in that direction. And athletes and performers have been using um, future template work for years. I've had a, a couple clients that I used for infertility. They couldn't get pregnant. And so we, um, what I did was have them imagine conceiving and following through the nine months of being pregnant and having a healthy delivery, and all three of them within a couple months got pregnant.
4: And I have used it with several people who had stillborn babies or lost mm-hmm. young children. Um, it's been immensely powerful in helping them relieve the guilt associated with that grief. It, it doesn't make normal grief go away. Right. But it can relieve a lot of the other emotions that go along with grief.
3: Sure. And I've had a number of clients who've lost Children and that doing the same thing because it's the most painful thing that can happen to a person. And when we come back from a break, we're going to share more about EMDR and what its benefits are and how to use it. So, we're really excited to share about this because it's a treatment that works for a lot of people. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And we'll be right back, so make sure to stay tuned.
5: Realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach, using social media and Skype to work with anyone, anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819 360 3266 or email her at actionrealizationlive.ca. 819 360 3266. Now is your time.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We have a caller. uh, Her name is Helen. Helen, I wanted to ask you, because you are an athlete and you also work in an athletic department at a university, can you tell what you think um, EMDR with athletic performance would do for your students?
1: Well, you know, I'm fascinated in it. Honestly, I have not experienced it myself. Um, I love the example of how the author talked about just walking, and that really helped her. Um, and I've noticed within my own life with running and it, whether it be cycling and different things, how it can get you in a different framework. But, yeah, I am thoroughly interested in it. Um, I know you talked about the um, the future template. And there is a lot of research obviously in sports psychology world is imagining yourself shooting. And they always say the game is more mental than physical in a lot of ways. And so how might that help or what have you seen? I know you mentioned it briefly, but can you go in a little more detail for me?
3: Yes. I had a client that was a volleyball player and was not hitting shots. Not, I mean, just not performing. And so what i did was just had her imagine the game and the start of the game and making sure she made all of her hits and was serving and getting it over the net and being able to counter balls and stuff and the next game um, the parents let me know that she did perfectly in the game and then didn't have any more issues with her performance so it might be something we talk about um, doing something for your students
1: yeah, and I think even too a big piece would be recovering from injury.
3: Ooh. I feel like
1: that would be their piece too. I talked to two athletes today who are actually recovering from Achilles, and then another one with something else in that mental side of it. There really is a block.
3: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you could definitely do a future template and them seeing it heal. That that'd be great. So with
1: EMDR though, do you use like a? I know you guys are just getting started. I'm really excited to hear more how you both have used it. But do you use a type of, I mean, is it talk therapy through a template? Or do you, I know i would seen before people wear headphones or what does it look like for your guys' practice?
3: Sure. It, yes, it is not talk therapy. So that's one of the benefits of EMDR. It's not talk therapy. It's not hypnosis you're not implanting memories there's no brainwashing i actually use uh they're called buzzers or tappers and so you hold one in each hand and they alternate vibrations so it's one side and then the other and i always tell my clients it goes neat 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 so some people use headphones other people use light bars but the important thing is that you're using the Uh, bilateral stimulation so you stimulate one side of the brain and then the other and in that it's taking things from the right side and moving them to the left and then you can visualize again because your brain doesn't know the difference from from an actual event or one you vividly create and when you vividly create that you're literally changing the synaptic connections in your brain. Susan do you want to add anything to that? Very often,
4: when there's a performance problem, there could be a previous trauma that's underneath mm-hmm. it, especially a small t trauma. So, for example, um I sometimes work with musicians. Yeah. if they have if they have crashed and burned on stage, then mm-hmm. there will be anxiety about the next performance. So sometimes we go back and we reprocess the crash and burn. Uh, The beauty of EMDR, you asked, is it talk therapy? No, it is not. What it does, though, it triggers the brain to reprocess that memory. And while that's happening, negative emotions and negative beliefs that are attached to that experience are released. They're let go. So the fear of Oh my gosh, I messed up, I'll mess up again, I'll mess up again, I'll mess up again. Is and once wow. that's out of the way. Then you can install a positive belief, and the positive belief could be something like, I'm well prepared, I will do well next time.
3: Yeah, see, it's I love
4: pretty
1: the amazing. progression of that rather than just saying, Well, change the belief, you know, like without doing the work. First, in order to enhance that or to make that because there's no distortion. Now your mind has a clear picture.
3: Absolutely. Cause you, you know, you, you can't just change your belief. There has to be something that goes with that. So when you vividly see yourself doing what you're wanting to do, then it makes it e- easier to go that direction. And it, it, what it does is it sets out a roadmap in your brain and then your brain moves that direction. It's really cool. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for calling. We really appreciate you calling in. We'll talk to you later, okay? Thank you. Look forward to hearing the rest of it. All right. Thanks, Helen. So again, like we reviewed from last time, or I want to review from last time, your brain has four levels of memory. It's like a four-door filing cabinet. So if you just imagine the top door is cognitive memory, second door is emotional memory, third drawer is motor memory, and that very bottom level drawer is state-level memory. And this is where all of your events that caused you to stress are stored. And that is why, where EMDR addresses is that bottom drawer. So Susan, um, you were talking about some performance enhancement with music, musicians. Have you used it with anyone else?
4: I did have a client who was involved in competitive barrel racing. Oh. And we we did some sessions helping her prepare for that, and which was really fascinating because I could see her sitting on my couch. And she had her hands up like she's holding the reins of the horse, and her body was moving. She was clearly visualizing how she would move as the horse moved. The other performance enhancement that I've done, and actually I've done this with two people who were having to deal with ex-partners who had been abusive. Mm. One of them had a court appearance coming up, was going to have to testify in court in the presence of this abusive ex And was terrified about it. By going through EMDR with this person, they ended up being able to visualize the abusive ex as a puddle of slime. And the fear (laughs) went away, and she was perfect when she ended up testifying.
3: Well, that's really amazing. I had one that went to court and visualized the opposing person turning small like uh, Tom Hanks did in Big. So we'll talk about more why past events are still distressing. When we return, you're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James on BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. So make sure you come back to hear why memories are still distressing.
0: According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nurse's Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Bachelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. We discover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies. Find settings that allow them to be the most productive and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and 2 Tune in Radio.
3: Welcome back. You're listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I am your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening to the show. Why aren't you over this by now? Susan, before the break, we ended with um, talking about, you know, some performance enhancement and the levels of memory in the brain. And why do past events still cause us distress? Can you share about that? That has to do with the way our brains
4: store traumatic memories. So a traumatic memory, and this is any memory that is distressing, whether it's a horrible large event or a smaller one, the negative emotions that we felt at the time the event was occurring and negative beliefs we may have had about that event can be stored in the brain in a frozen state, so they feel like they're fresh. This is what I refer to when I say that experience is not really in the past. Feels like it just happened, and it can get triggered and uh, cause us distress in the present moment. One of the ways our brains recover from trauma is to replay the event over and over and over and over and over in our head. Well, sometimes we can get stuck there, And this is what EMDR is able to release.
3: And have this example of imagining you have a cut, a cut anywhere in your body, on your hand, and that your body automatically tries to heal that. But if something gets in that cut or that wound, then it becomes infected or irritated and it won't heal properly until that's removed. Well, our mental health, our emotional health is the same way, because the brain has an information processing system that will move us towards mental health. And if something gets in the way, like a trauma, a distressing event, big T, small T trauma, then the emotional wound kind of festers and makes it worse. And that's that replaying those over and over and over again until it's been healed. And then your body, your brain can move towards emotional health. So our brain gets triggered and then we have an emotional or behavioral reaction. And this is what EMDR helps. It helps remove those triggers so, Susan, we talked briefly with Helen about EMDR not being a talk therapy. Can you explain that? It is
4: absolutely not talk therapy, and that's one of the beauties of it. It does not require people to describe in detail what happened to them. It does not require them to write a trauma narrative. It does not require them to do anything they don't want to do. Um, it all happens right there in session, and it's rapid. I had an, an example after I first went to EMDR training. A friend was curious about it, and she said, let me, let me come try it. So she came to my office, and she was upset about something that a co-worker had done or said, and and she would get upset at work and angry. So we did one EMDR session with her, and towards the end of that session, she said, you know, I think I don't care. <laughs> and she, she, she went back to work
3: not caring about what the coworkers might have been saying about her. Isn't that amazing? I know there's research that shows that 84 to 90% of people with a single trauma experience no longer have post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms after only one 90-minute session. Talk therapy can't do that, and I don't know of any other therapy that can. Um, There's also effective studies that 77% of combat veterans were free from PTSD symptoms after 12 sessions. Isn't that amazing that 12 sessions can heal the brain? And
4: talk therapy cannot do that. And this will resonate with the people who say, I get it in my head. I understand it in my head, but I don't feel better. There was a case here where we live of a child who went through a horrible experience, absolutely horrible, and she had gone through a well-known talk therapy protocol twice and was still having nightmares. This was somebody that needed EMDR, and at the time... I was working in a place that didn't allow us to use EMDR.
3: Why was that?
4: Uh, There are a number of places, and this was one of them, that believe EMDR is still experimental. It isn't. It's been around since the mid-1980s, and there's a lot of research supporting it. And it's endorsed by the American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, the Department of Defense, Um, But there are people who still believe that it's experimental or it's too
3: weird. Well, it is weird. (laughs) It is weird. It is very weird. I I had a friend (laughs) who wanted me to go to training about two years before I did. And I was like, I am not doing that. It's hokey. And then two years later, when the training came to town again, Susan was one of them and Uh, This other friend kept badgering me to go. And finally, just to get them to quit badgering me, I went. And within an hour, I was so grateful that I had come to that training because it fit with my belief about how the brain processes trauma and the understanding of that, and it completely changed the way I do therapy. Did it do the same for you, Susan?
4: It did the same thing for me. And, of course, we learned to do EMDR by doing it on each other at the training and everyone's nervous. And that's the other thing for people to know when they come in for EMDR therapy, they're going to be anxious about those first sessions. We all were. And once you've done it, the relief is so intense that it's worth doing. Yes. I had a client who processed the loss of a child with EMDR And that session was extremely emotionally intense for her. But at the end of it, she said, this is the worst thing I've ever done. And this is the best thing I've ever done. Mm. Because the guilt that was attached to the memory was completely lifted.
3: Yeah, and what I tell clients is guilt is a useless emotion unless you've done something wrong. So that's great. Um I have clients I have clients that say they don't have any memories and I will share with you when we come back how your brain can let come up what needs to come up when you're doing emdr because you may not have the memories but your brain and body system have them and we'll let them come up and i'll share that when we come back you're listening to why aren't you over this by now i am your host dr kelly james on bbm global network and tune in radio and we'll be talking about the brain and the subconscious and conscious mind when we get back so be sure and stay tuned for that
0: Dr. RC will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Felt like no one is listening, or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I am your host, Dr. Kelly James. And before the break, I mentioned about how the brain will let information come up that needs to be reprocessed. And if you think of an iceberg, you know, there's a little bit of ice above the, the water. And that in our field usually represents the conscious mind and then the big mass under the water represents the subconscious mind and your subconscious mind is actually a supercomputer it has recorded every single thing about a person from conception to present day and so when clients come in and say they don't have any memories so they don't know what they would work on i just say reassure them your subconscious mind knows everything and what needs to come up and be reprocessed, your brain will let that happen. And so it just things come up to the surface and they're really surprised each time it happens. So Susan, we've talked about EMDR and different things. And let's tell the audience what an EMDR session might actually look like.
4: An EMDR session will run anywhere from 60 minutes to 90 minutes to sometimes two hours. Mm-hmm. Some of that is going to be governed by what insurance companies will pay for. But it, someone starting into EMDR therapy. If they're going to follow the protocol, which you usually don't. Um, <laughs> Thanks for outing you, I did. me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just added you. You're a renegade. You go off the protocol. I do. I do too. Uh, We identify the experience that is distressing. The therapist will usually ask some questions about that experience because what those questions do is open the memory network in the brain. And then you start the – it's called bilateral stimulation. That's the technical word for either moving your eyes back and forth or having sound through the headphones, alternating one ear to the other, or having those little buzzers that you hold that vibrate and alternate one side to the other. That will trigger the brain to do its work. Um, As you mentioned, the the subconscious being the supercomputer, it also knows how to heal. It knows what path people need to take to heal. So what they tell us in training is trust the process. Trust the person's inner self. The healing will happen. We're there to nudge things along if they get stuck.
3: Yes, and since you already outed me, uh, I wasn't going to admit this, but um, there are two men who wrote feeling state protocols. One is Mark Grant, the other is Robert Miller, and I took those two feeling state protocols and kind of meshed them together together and that's how I do EMDR. So, I don't follow the 8 st- steps of the or the 8-phase protocol because the important things that I think are the feeling and the body sensation and how distressing that v- event is and it's called a SUD scale and Suds is very subjective. So, we just get a sub- SUD scale. That way that indicates to a client that when they start out, whatever it was, that they can tell that it's been decreased over time doing the work. And every EMDR therapist does EMDR a little differently, which is okay, because it it's not about the therapist, it's about the client. The client benefits from the work they're doing, not whether the clinician is doing something or isn't doing something. So... Susan, what else about EMDR and how it's done by different therapists? Do you know, do you talk to other therapists about how they do EMDR specifically? As you said, each
4: therapist will do it a little bit differently depending on the therapist and the client because, like any other type of therapy, it's an art, it's more art than science. So it's about being very much in tune with what does this person need related to this experience that's being worked on. I have heard astonishing things from clients during EMDR sessions. They get visualizations that I would not be able to come up with that are immensely healing. Uh, for example, was working with a child who had been in a serious car accident had classic ptsd symptoms after that was afraid of getting in cars uh was afraid of going to doctor's offices classic classic fears after a car accident during her emdr she got some really what i would think might be strange visualizations she blended some play therapy right into the emdr Things like teddy bears eating the cars, Uh, but it worked. Her PTSD symptoms melted away, and it all came from her. I would never think to to tell somebody, well, just visualize
3: teddy bears eating those wrecked cars. But she came up with it. Right, and if if you had, it doesn't mean that it would have been meaningful for that client. And that's why it's important. Yeah, so... The thing about EMDR is it allows the brain to resume its natural healing process when there's been distressing events. It's designed to resolve those unprocessed traumatic memories. So there are a few things that EMDR is and EMDR isn't. Susan, would you share about those? First thing is it's not
4: hypnosis. I've had quite a few people ask me, so is it hypnosis? (sighs) Because when you talk about bilateral brain stimulation, sometimes people get nervous. And the answer is no, it is not hypnosis. During EMDR, people know where they are. They know what they're doing. They can hear what's going on around them. But they have a dual attention. So while they know where they are and what they're doing, they can also be re-experiencing the event and developing new thoughts about it, new beliefs about it. Uh, had somebody one time at the end of an EMDR session say, oh, actually that made me stronger. Yes. I don't have to be afraid of that anymore. So I usually will hear these shifts uh, to the positive. Um, it's, again, not talking. There's no trauma narrative. There's no homework. It can be weird It it can be very
3: emotionally intense. Not always, but it can be. It is. And the other thing that I really like about EMDR therapy is that it's, it's quick. It's a rapid form of therapy. My goal is to never keep anyone in therapy for a long time. So I really like that. So when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about some more examples. You're listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I am your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you are listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? So make sure you stay tuned for those examples.
0: Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality? But it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating. Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session.
1: Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away.
0: Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness.
1: Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside.
0: Yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416 529 7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. BBM Global Network
3: welcome back I'm your host dr. Kelly James and you're listening to why aren't you over this by now on BBM Global Network and tune in radio before the break we were talking about EMDR and we wanted to give some examples one of the examples that I used EMDR for was a client who was afraid of flying and they had been gifted a a trip and really wanted to go on this trip, but was so afraid of flying. So we just did EMDR on that. We imagined leaving the house, getting to the airport, parking, we did every single step, going through security, boarding the plane getting buckled in taking off flying landing we did the whole process and we did it a few times and then we did the reverse trip so they could come home from the trip and they were able to go on this trip and make it successful and had a great time so it's great to have free trips and be able to use emdr for that fear of flying susan you have some examples you want to share I also
4: had a client who was afraid of flying with a vacation coming up. So this person had to fly and was so afraid of flying, it was like to have, have to take a bunch of Xanax to get on the airplane. There had been a previous flight where the plane ran into some significant turbulence. The plane dropped altitude suddenly. Uh, oxygen masks dropped. The people on the plane thought they were going to die. First, we had to process that. Once we cleared that, then we could do the future template like you did, visualize getting on the plane, not having to take Xanax, not having to grip the handle until your knuckles were white. When this person got to the destination, they turned to their partner that they flew with and said, this stuff works, except she didn't say (laughs) stuff. (laughs) We laughed about putting that on T-shirts. We could say EMDR, (laughs) this stuff
3: works, Uh, because it does. It It does. It does work. One of my very very first clients with EMDR, and once you get trained, it, it, it feels weird, it's hokey, and so you just have to jump in and just do it. And you get really comfortable with it. But one of my very first clients had, had some significant trauma. It was a single event and they needed four sessions. And when we did those four sessions, that client was good and didn't need any more sessions. And if we had talked out what was going on with them, it could have lasted six months or more just based on what they were um, Re experiencing. And one of the clients I've worked with, I've worked with a number of them that's had this, where they were incubated in trauma, abuse, the mother not wanting them. And so that leaves in their whole body system this feeling of not being wanted. And you can't talk that out. You have to go back and reimagine it. And You know, I've had clients who were adopted. And so we imagined that they were there to receive the baby, themselves being born and handing themselves off to the adoptive parents to heal that emotional wound of that adoption. And not all adoptions are negative. I'm not trying to say that, but sometimes they are. And clients need to heal those memories. Susan, you and I both work with severe trauma. And what is your experience in how long it takes clients and their experience in getting better?
4: I have seen clients recover completely from a severe trauma as quickly as 20 minutes. Mm. That's not usual. That's extremely rapid. Sometimes it takes a full 60 to 90 minute session Sometimes it can take more than one session, but for the most part, complete recovery from a from a single event trauma could be anywhere from one to two to three sessions, whereas
3: talk therapy could take six months. Sure. And what I do when I've done an intake is the next session we do EMDR. We just go straight into it. And I really like doing two-hour sessions. I like three to five two-hour sessions depending on what the client needs to reprocess because that just catapults them ahead and just heals so much so quickly and then we drop down to hour sessions now when I'm doing EMDR with adolescents I only do one-hour sessions because they can't handle longer than that and when I work with children with EMDR I do about 15 minutes which is about all they can handle and and that's all they need for that session and let their brain reprocess that. You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about, Susan, is the benefits of EMDR. Besides what we see clinically, what can we tell people listening are the benefits of EMDR?
4: I think the most important benefit is relief. And it's relief from negative emotions and negative beliefs about Yourself. It's amazing to listen to people and to have them say, Oh, that really wasn't my fault. Hmm. Or, Oh, that's really over. I don't have to be afraid of that happening again. Um, The increase in self confidence that I see happen is astonishing. One of my early, early EMDR clients came exactly because of a lack of confidence at the end of the therapy was very very self confident and able to pursue some new career opportunities
3: well that's really cool yeah fear guilt anxiety depression self blame self blame is a big one negative beliefs is also a big one that i experience with clients And the one thing that I really like or a thing that I really like about EMDR is that it's permanent because it's changed the the brain.
4: Absolutely. The benefits are permanent. Once you have cleared something with EMDR, it does not come back. That doesn't mean that new things can't happen. I've had one or two cases where we thought something was cleared and then turned out it wasn't because we missed something the first time through. So we go back and catch it, and then things are things have been fine since then.
3: But it's not something you have to do over and over and over. It doesn't wear off. Right, because it's changed the synaptic connections in your brain. So with that benefits, there's also cautions. What are the cautions that we want to say about EMDR?
4: The first caution that I tell people is this is a don't do this at home. EMDR was intended to be provided by trained therapists, and the training is not offered to the general public. So it's a don't do this at home. Be aware that it can be emotionally intense, but that's why you have a therapist
3: walking you through it. Right, and I tell clients after an emotionally intense session, eat some good protein, drink lots of water, and go to bed. You will feel fine the next morning, but you just need to rest and let your body continue processing. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And I am your host, Dr. Kelly James. And when we come back, we're going to be sharing a few more things about EMDR.
6: battle with weight loss there is a solution founder of weight no more consulting Deborah Simons can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery I know I had the surgery two years ago and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication free this full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Weight No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Weight No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Weight No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life.
3: Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio I've had my co-author, Susan Bachman, sharing with us. Susan, would you share with the audience how to find an EMDR therapist? I think the quickest way to find an EMDR
4: therapist would be to go to the EMDR International Association website, which is org. There's a tab there to find a therapist, and you can search by city. It will bring up the EMDR therapists in your area. It will tell you whether they're certified. It will tell you what areas they specialize in. Another another place to find one is to go to the Psychology Today website. They also have a Find a Therapist tab and you can search by type of therapy they provide.
3: Well, the other thing about the Psychology Today profile is on the left hand side, you can put in your parameters like what type of therapy, what's your insurance, so you can find that and then you can read their profile, see a picture of them to see if they're a fit for you. That's always a great way. So what are some of the questions a potential client should ask a therapist about EMDR? First, I would have them ask what level
4: of training in the MDR does the therapist have? Have you been to basic training? Have you been to
3: some advanced trainings? Are you certified? Those are great questions to ask. You want to find out what trainings, what credentials have you been to advanced trainings. I've been to substance abuse training. I've been to ego state training with Susan, with Robin Shapiro. She's been to pain management training. So those are great things to ask your clinician. Ask if they've treated anyone with this issue that you're bringing up. Um, Do they keep up to date with the research training and uh, literature and then ask are you a good candidate for EMDR you can ask how many sessions will it need and that all depends it depends on how what your issue is how long you've been dealing with this and it, it depends on a lot of things but your therapist should know that answer and kind of give you a ballpark So when clients come in for an EMDR session I usually chat about non-therapy things for a few minutes because everyone comes in a little or nervous before i actually start emdr therapy so susan's website is family therapy and renewal center so you can reach her and see her there and susan and i have written a book it's called why aren't you over this by now and we'd like to give away the book for free so you can email me at why aren't you over this by now at gmail.com and, um, also why aren't you over this by now.org and Susan's website is dot And I'd like to leave you with this final thought, uh, about positive things, believing for great things, focus on positive things in your life and be grateful. You have been listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now. I am your host, Dr. Kelly James, on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Be sure to tune in next week because we're going to be talking about emotion code. See you next week.
0: You've been listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now with your host, Kelly James. Kelly says, the truth is that we all have things that happen in our lives. We all have stuff. You can live life the way you want tune in each week and discover that there's hope for healing your past beyond traditional talk therapy right here on kelly james's why aren't you over this by now
2: you've been listening to the bbm global network